This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the podcast that reminds you that if you don't call your girlfriend beautiful, some Indian guy on Facebook will. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me, I have my beautiful guest co-host, Natalia Regan, with me because Yvette's still on medical yes, leave. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, she's on medical leave, and I'm just uh, constantly, well, just sick and perverted, so I'm sick in my own way, always. And with you being as sick as you are, sick and so dope. Uh, yeah, there I you mean, go. Yeah, you're here. We're recording this live together. We are actually. We're never in the same room at the same time. So sometimes people think we're the same person, but we're not. We're actually two different people in the same room and it feels so good. I am horrible when it comes to impressions and throwing my voice. So I really hope our audience doesn't have that expectation of no. me. No, no, no. We're not that. We're not nearly that crafty or that talented. So uh, it's good to see you, Alice. You look fantastic. You look fantastic oh, too. Thanks, Although you know. now I'm really hoping Jeff Dunham has a podcast of his own. Oh, yes, that would be <laughs> how many voices, how many voices in his head will be uh, appearing in that podcast. But uh, I'm very excited about today's podcast. Yeah, we have a lot of voices on the show. We today. do. We have uh, yeah, a lot of uh, male energy in the room. So, yeah. So with us on the show, with all this male energy, we have the men from the man school here. Mm. We have Dante Nero and Harry Tarjanian. Tarjanian. Yeah. One day I'll learn it. That's OK. Today is not that today day. Today is not that day. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. We'll make these mistakes on the air. That's how we learn. It's true. Yeah. So what thank makes, you for having us. Thank you for having us in your studio. Yeah, thank it's a beautiful so studio. Much. Well, you know, well, I'm might talking really. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been introduced yet. You did. She just did. Oh yeah. She said Dante I'm, Nero. I think I smoked too much. Oh you. yeah. <laughs> too much Are you here? Are you? Actually? I'm here. I'm here. Hi. Hey, all concepts here. So. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's good to have you guys here. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having us. This yeah. is a hell of a studio. I, for the folks at home, there is plethora of candy. I'm uh, enjoying some and drinks. Heads. If you want drinks, oh we yeah, could do oh that. goodness, libations. We could do, sh- let's, we let's, do shots. We'll ease into that. Oh, we'll do shots. Oh goodness, <laughs> oh, can't really ease into sweet, shots. Sweet man. purple Jesus. Yeah. Well, this is the studio we use for our podcast, so we find it works a lot better when we have oh, a full Man bar. Oh, it's Manscaped 202. Yes. Manscaped so this 202. is the second version, actually the third version of of the show. Actually, we rebranded the show for a second time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was going to ask, I mean, is there a 101, a 102? Well, wh- How does one graduate into a man's school? Is there a graduation? Uh, well, is there a what happened process? was I did a, Patrice O'Neill and I did a podcast, uh, not a podcast, but we were on serious radio for a little while and we did like 13 episodes. It was off of Opie and Anthony's uh on their network. On their on network the, on at Sirius the time. XM, and yeah. we did like 13 episodes and it was just us kind of figuring it out. And then after Patrice died, we it was called Black Phillip. They considered him the Black Dr. Phil. And then after he passed, I took it up and I was the Beige Dr. Phil. <laughs> so, so we called it Beige Phillip. And then kind of as the, the listenership grew, yeah. I, I just wanted to kind of, because you, you have to know the inside version of that in order to know what Beigeville it was so we called it Man School 202 and mm-hmm. Man School 101 was taken so, so we went with 202 we, went we wanted yeah. to be a master class but yeah. as yes. pointed out to me that I don't think you go straight to 202 I think you go yeah, to 201 but yeah, either way yeah whatever you gotta do what you do yeah but you know the whole point is it's Man School and it's an education for guys a little to be better men you know to be better men and therefore have better relationships with women so that's sort of the concept yeah. that we kind of feel like. And then I, we get a lot of female listeners yeah, as absolutely. well because they want to know what we're saying and what, yeah. what guys are thinking, which is just smart. Do they ever Do call we, in and, and well, sort we, of give we, their take? We've, we used to do call-ins, and now we, we're actually kind of trying to step it up and do 
cameras and just we're going all out. So. We get a lot of listener mail or tweets yeah. and Instagram. That's where all the questions are now. Yeah. You know, like just people hit us up. Yeah, on a it's regular. Weird. People hit me up too on my account. Just, yeah. Yeah. just for advice on my account. Yeah, randomly yeah. And, yeah. That's it's actually nice. really nice. It it's, is. Yeah. Huh. It's it's really nice to do a podcast where you actually help people. We get a lot of that. A lot of you have changed our lives. You've yeah. helped us out. Because yeah. if you don't know what you're doing, it's a tough thing. And I was, I did not know what I was doing for a long time. And Dante helped me. That's how I got involved with the starting of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and he yeah. is—he's uh, a very good learner. <laughs> he's a good pupil. He is a good pupil. You're a good absolutely. tutor. The and student yeah. has become the master. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to brag, but Dante can brag for me. If I say it's bragging, but if Dante says he's it, doing I'm his not. Thing. A, he's definitely if, teaching. I mean, guys approach him, and it's—it's. It's, what's interesting is that, that the first version of it was us just kind of bitching mm -hmm. and the second version where we were trying to like figure it out and, and kind of come up with solutions and then it's just kind of evolved from that and I, I've been doing one-on-one uh, -on -one consultations too uh, I've been doing relationship advice online if you go to DanteNero.com and you click on consult you can book me and I'll call you up and we'll talk so we've been doing that for a while and it just came out of that thing we did with Patrice and then everybody I think what happened was I ran into a kid who was much younger that he couldn't have listened to the original show, but he was like, I'm a fan of this show. And I was like, and then somebody had taken the episodes, put them on, on YouTube. And then it had like hundreds of thousands of, of views on the internet. Oh, In fact, great. guys listen to it over and over and over again. Nice. Do you find that the uh, listenership is skewed pretty young? Are these young men that it's are just trying, everything. is it all over? It's everything, which is really That's the crazy cool. thing about it because you would think as you're older, you would. Yeah. Well, if you don't know what you're doing at 18, you're definitely not going like, <laughs> to, and if you don't learn, you're yeah. not going to do you know, what you're doing at 50. So yeah. we get all over the place. I, I find yeah. that generally it's really young kids, like in their early 20s who don't yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Married dudes in their late fifties going, how do I fix this or how or, do I? Or yeah. I'm divorced now and I'm yeah. trying to get back in the game and and, and then uh, women all over the place. I feel like yeah, the women every, are all every, over. yeah all over from from twenties to fifties yeah whatever. So, but he, I, it's funny because you know we really just did it to help guys and it was just you know and being comics to get the exposure. The other day I was at doing a spot and I was telling Harry doing a, a spot and this yeah. guy comes up and he goes, "Oh, Dante, you I go, "Yeah," and he's good to meet you. He's, oh, I'm a fan of the show and da, da, da. and then he just takes his money clip out and he gives me a thousand dollars he was like you you changed my life you made things uh, I'm, I'm living my best life and and i go okay and then he's like buy a camera i don't know if you need cameras or whatever and then i was like oh i'm going up maybe we'll have a drink he's like no no i don't want to bother you i just you've done enough and he just kind of disappeared i thought we would have a drink afterwards and he just kind of disappeared that's incredible and by the way listeners of the show you, <laughs> you don't have to give us a thousand dollars but it would be nice at any point if you see us on the street give us feel free. Yeah. yeah i don't even Slap think i want to do a patreon i just want just give me money when you see me so it is what it is. that's wonderful so you are i mean it sounds i grew up in los angeles and yeah. it reminds me of love line which love line sure, of yeah. course turned into something so much bigger but back yeah. in the day it was poor man and dr drew in right. the early 80s right 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 and and you know, it really did I, for me as a as a kid growing up. Like I listened to that and I learned. Yeah, so yeah. it sounds to me like you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah the other thing was, uh, you know, like Dr. Drew is a, he's a I think he's a psychiatrist.
psychiatrist or yeah, no, he's, he's a he's a medical doctor. I believe. A, is well. he a doctor? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't have the field study like I do. <laughs> yeah, that's case different. Study. Uh, yeah. You done the field research? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did definitely. You've done did quite a bit of research. Yeah, yeah, I've done a lot of research. I uh, I was a male stripper for ten years, and then I kind of fell into. I was running a whole escort service for about six years during the last part of of that. And then I just kind of, I just didn't have the stomach for it, you know, for the, the dark aspect of it. And then I just kind of moved away from it altogether because it just, you know, when I say that, I don't mean, you know, a lot of people think like white slavery or, or to human trafficking. And what's interesting is you guys understand is there's sex workers who we were talking about the whole feminist thing. On and if podcast, you want to yeah. be, you guest yeah, show, yeah, when you want to be a sex worker, that's part of feminism to yep. be able to make your choice. And so, you know, everybody doesn't want to go to a nine to five. Some people want to make their living on their back and that's fine. And they should, they should have that option. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but what's the number there to throw out the number of your number? <sighs> okay. So I, uh, you know, when I was stripping, I was 32. I used to keep a book. It was a very immature thing to do at the time. I used to keep a book. And at uh, 32, I was about at 1,400. Wow. Women, different women at Oh, Park. wow. Yeah. I was going to say, are there volumes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you broke it down, you get the hardcover, it's yeah, a lot more valuable. Yeah, you know, I mean, you could fit that on a poster board, right? Yeah, now it's, it's all yeah. electronic. I feel like Dante's but... Inferno 2 <laughs> is, is necessary for this. I think you have a book or yeah, it's, three. A couple, um, I got a couple of books in me, but that's a whole Yeah, that's, thing. wow, 14. Yeah. So did you keep it going? Are you still, yeah. do you still have a tally now? No, no, I stopped you lost, taking yeah. a tally at, at 32. 30. Um, okay, that was it. At 32 years old, I stopped keeping the tally, but it, I don't know about you. you didn't I stop, did that when I, I was stopped in, fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't stop fucking. Yeah, <laughs> well, you I stopped documenting it. Yeah, I just felt it was it was arrogant. <laughs> not at you got a little clicker. Not at 1200. No, no, no. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, a little arrogant. <laughs> I think the banner hanging up in your room is what's arrogant. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the plaque. The I arrogant. just want to see like one of those things, you know, at McDonald's where just like the, 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 the counter. The, yeah, so the girl goes <laughs> click, in, the click, counter click, goes up. 1400 like, served. Yeah, yeah. In <laughs> junior high, we, we had that kind of stuff of boys we yeah. kissed. Yeah. You know, I, sure. I don't think I did it with the sexy time stuff, the actual yeah. boning, but. um. That, yeah, that you is... You never documented? I, most people really. don't. I this mean, is it's... not a common practice. No, no, yeah, yeah, We're not no. saying that this is a common well, practice. Well, I also started the log when I was, you know, in my, I don't know, probably like... Eight? <laughs> uh, I didn't keep the log then, but uh, I would say in high school, I, you know, you started keeping a log. See, I never kept a log, but I always like to give... Kind of Well, for me, <laughs> I felt like I always accidentally gave out gift bags and goodie oh. bags. <laughs> Wait, what? Nice. what is this now? How, how does <laughs> Because Derek Jeter is known to do this, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me? Derek yeah, yeah. Jeter, the rumor is, because we can't confirm this, that Derek Jeter would have gift baskets. Gift bags for the, afterwards. For a and young have, lady. And releases. You know, An NDA? Release. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do that. But you'd get a gift basket <laughs> yeah. for the ladies. But Jelly what was your of gift? the Month Club. Yeah. KY. Well, there were never any releases because no one wants to confirm it. But... <laughs> But what I mean by accidental gift bag is I'm the type of person that I grew up in a culture where you give people food and hydration. And right, right. I would accidentally. It's a nice thing to do. It is a nice That's thing the to do. Polish in you. You got to make them a nice goulash on the way out. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> Are you hungry? You look hungry. You had a workout. You should be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're doing um, the, ma the marathon this week. Guys, people are out there just giving Gatorade and yeah. throwing, you know, yeah. why not? If they do it for the 
marathon, why not? Yeah, like when yeah. they run out down your hall, we could just splash them with water and whatever. I hire guys that have signs of encouragement to stand oh, nice. in my room. Keep going. You, just, can yeah, yeah, exactly. you can do You're it. You're getting close. <laughs> you chose I, to do this. So you would, <laughs> you would give them snacks and treats on their way out sort of thing? Sometimes, yeah. And I've accidentally on the occasion been like, oh, I have extra pierogi and kielbasa. And <laughs> <laughs> wow. So... Was it cooked at least, or just just gave him raw meat? I mean, sometimes I'm, raw meat is delicious. That's I, not I, a sex I'm joke. Not, it's just, yeah. yeah. Have you had raw kielbasa? It's amazing. Is it really? I've never done the raw kielbasa. They have multiple different kinds, so well, there's one. Wait, I've had half. the kind that you buy. That's I thought it was already cooked though. Like when you buy it at the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you can cook it even further. There's different sure. types. Oh, so of so it's already can, cooked. You saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. so yeah that I've, like yeah that I've done for sure. I've done that in the fridge at two in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But actually, let's talk more about you stripping because I think our audience is going yes. to find that way more interesting than my accidental gift baskets. Fair enough. All right. Shoot, whatever. So, 10 years of stripping, mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many things that are going to be very obvious. There's going to be a lot of stereotypes that aren't true about strippers mm -hmm. and things that we probably wouldn't have thought of. So, where do you want to start? I can tell you how I got into it. I went to SUNY New Pulse, um, and mm. I was a frat boy in SUNY New Pulse, as per. I'm actually wearing my, that's weird, I'm wearing my shirt today. And uh, somebody did a Toys for Tots, and they were going to do a mail review, and each black Greek letter organization was, it was like uh, they were all doing a strip show, mm -hmm. and they were going to do proceeds going to the Toys for Tots. And uh, they the had, best combination of charities yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> and they asked the guy in my frat he canceled out on them basically they called me last minute to defend i was like sure they knew i was kind of a maniac so they were like uh you know dante will do it i went and did it and i also had so what happened was it was all these kind of amateur guys who were going to do it and it ended up being they had five guys and three of them backed out at the last minute and I there was a guy who actually lived around the corner from here who's a good friend of mine as a kid he was already stripping and they hired they had to hire pros and he came up and then I I hooked up with him and then we uh I, I wanted saw to the do raw it. potential was he your, yeah well uh, it's it got a lot of talent it's just it's more far. like it's more like um I don't know like in black comedy and in, in, in the chitlin circuit of black mm -hmm. comedy if you want to go up they'll let you go up Right. They will boo your ass if you if you're not funny, but they will give you sure. some time. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it." And uh, he had a little club in Wall Street area on a place called Pinkies between Williams and Nassau. And they used to do every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And he was like, "Come down now." And I was like, "No, I'm going to come and watch." And then I watched, and I started doing there, and and then I kind of developed this character, and then that place closed down. So like, I was like the king of Wall Street. Like I would, so you would do a regular show in the club, and then hand out your business cards, and you would make money. Privates doing private bachelorette parties. parties and different stuff like that, and that's how Tell I tell me about this character. I want to know more. So, uh, I don't know if you ever if you've ever seen Shaka Zulu, the movie Shaka Zulu, it was no. kind of one of the first epic films. Yeah, that was do you remember that? That came out, yeah, I saw it when, my, when I was a kid with yeah, my dad. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so there's a scene where he Shaka Zulu reclaims his, his throne and he's walking. I was a I was actually a kid when I saw it and I remember he had this huge feather headdress and uh like uh horsehair tails around his thing and it, it was and I have I had three older sisters and we were all watching it and I, I'm as a kid I'm sitting there, I'm the youngest and he walks in and they all go, mm and I'm like <laughs> 
my my sisters are very different, very very different, and I was like, but it affected them on a primal, on a primal sort of, yeah. level, visceral. Yeah, it was seemed just, and he kind of strutted in with this thing, and it was always an image in my head, and I was like, that's my character. So I actually made my own costumes. I taught myself how to sew, and I. Um, what was the name of this oh, character? Wow. That you Mandingo. Cosplay. Mandingo was oh, the thing. Oh wow! Okay. And also, I watched the the movie with Ken Norton, and that's where I got the name from. Was it Roots? Kind of, or no, no it was it was, it was uh, Mandingo. Oh, Mandingo. Yeah, yeah right, right, with, right. with Ken Norton, a boxer, professional boxer. So I merged the two. Everything was like R and B at the time, you know, like guy. What year is this? All the music and everything. Mm-hmm. So everybody what was kind of like, like Bobby Brown stuff, like that era. Guy. Yeah, that whole early nineties, late eighties sort of. Era. Uh, My prerogative. Late, yeah, nineties, nineties, mostly nineties, yeah, mostly nineties. Right. So that Bobby that, Brown out of new edition. Uh, uh, yeah, out of, okay. out of and uh, you know the shoulder pads and stuff like. So everybody kind of dressed in that context and so a lot of shoulder pads a lot and of shoulder bicycle pads shorts and, uh, was a thing that you bike just, shorts yeah, yeah. a lot of bike shorts so right weird. said Fred yeah slouch yeah. right <laughs> socks and stuff um, dress shoes fanny packs yeah. a lot of fanny packs <laughs> and um, oh, and I came out with this thing where I just wanted to so I pretty much was already naked for the most part I mean I had a g-string on but it was a loincloth and a little thing and just kind of the accoutrement of that so my thing was I was really kind of intuitive about it because I knew that moment with my sisters I was trying to recapture that kind of visceral thing like this guy will fuck everybody like like <laughs> he's this animal and if you get too close you will get fucked you will get fucked yeah and that, that was kind of the thing and so I used to do this uh, little bear normally you, you don't see those signs at the zoo yeah I, yeah. yeah you get and too I, close it's, and I, the bear will fuck, fuck you, you. Yeah, will fuck, don't <laughs> right, get, on keep bear. your hands out of the then, so, then when someone gets eaten you're like they wanted to get fucked right and I use these kind of tribal cuts like very I, hold on is this yeah, this yes, is, this yes. is the exact song that I was thinking of. That, this Boogie is the Nights. song I used to, yes. I used to come on, yeah. And I would do this thing, and it just wouldn't. It was no smiles. It was just everybody's getting fucked. And uh, well, you and, also did a the interesting thing I found about it was no. the stage show because it was more yeah, than yeah, just yeah, yeah. it wasn't yeah. just you getting up there and then the costume. That's another thing, but you would do a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I had right? a huge um, feather headdress and all kinds of. Well, you had a cage built. Did yeah, you had I, a cage I actually built? I had a cage built one time. I came out of a cage. Uh, another time I had a chariot and I had bodybuilders, Ooh. women bodybuilders pull me on and I, I used to spit fire and all kinds of insane. This is a whole show. full stage show. Yeah, this yeah. is not this is not just a regular old show. Yeah, because it didn't it, it, no. it, it didn't have that element when I got into it. And then uh, did the game change? Is that um, no, I was changing the game. What? Wait, that picture. Hold on. Why uh, did you give her that one? I think way? you got the wrong one. Oh, that's <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there we go. That one. All right. I'll show that one. Here we go. We'll pass yeah. that along. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're showing them a picture of Dante in the. Uh, this is fantastic. I'm seeing feathers. I'm seeing zebra print. Yeah. Was, I'm seeing I a crab dance walk. in in animal. Ooh. Your faux animal prints and stuff like this that. This is good. I was actually changing the game because you had guys who, who smaller guys who were like really skinny with nobody and they were great dancers. And then mm. you had bigger guys that kind of just shuffled around. And so I was kind of midway, but so I was about 230, 240, but I was cut. And so, and then I was a big uh, house music. I was like a club kid and I did martial arts. So I did flips and stuff like that. And it just kind of, it kind of really changed the game because I understood. So part of understanding attraction is 
Because if you don't understand attraction, you don't eat in the stripper business, yeah. you know, and especially when you're doing a freelance. So if nobody likes you, so you have to really kind of understand how women perceive attraction as opposed to how men perceive the attraction, you know? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Mm. Um, by the way, can you be a stripper if you can't dance? Yeah, there's guys who would just kind of, they'd just be all body. Or be. So huh. I actually ran a group. I had 13 members in a group. Like and, a boy band? Yeah, but it's huge. And like I Menudo. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, change. Well, I a lot of them were ex-cons. But that's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah. But they oh, that's like, a stereotype that you wouldn't that I learned about it. Yeah. If you want to know about things that break stereotypes, the makeup of the crew yeah. was interesting to me because it's actually there's a lot of people would shout gay stuff at you and slurs yeah, because they think everybody's thugs. gay. They would you know. but in actuality what they yeah. are are ex cons. Some ex-cons and, you know, just street dudes. Because you you don't have the options. If you don't have the education, you don't have the options. What other jobs could you get without a a diploma? Yeah, Bouncers. and Mm -hmm. and, So these are hard. These are some hard dudes. Yeah, and I used to to bare-knuckle fight for money. And so I knew guys who did that with me who also stripped. And it was just kind of this thing. But um, so we had guys who couldn't dance. So I was doing costume design and choreography. And so, like, I had a, there was this one guy, he he just couldn't dance at all, but he had a great body. So I created him a character. He was called the Polynesian Dream. And mm. we dressed him <laughs> up in Hawaiian stuff. And uh, and he would come out with a tray of fruits and bananas. And he would sit a girl in the chair and he would feed her strawberries. And then he'd take so a funny, banana yeah. and he'd, she'd oh. deep throw the banana. And Anything like, oh, to fill the time without dancing. Smart, exactly. Right? That's fucking it. Right? He would no, just slip around. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then by the time the show story, he would do a couple of lifts and stunts with the girls. And then then he would just walk around and get his tips. And so it was a way to had another guy. His name was Sweet Baby Ray. You know, Ray. I know Sweet Baby. I met Sweet Baby we, Ray. Dra- we dressed him like a baby. I dressed him. He got a like a <laughs> Wait, one. He, he was in a onesie. Oh, my God. With okay. a bonnet. And he would come out like this kid. He would crawl out and he would like grab the girls and lay his head on their breasts and like this and they they were like oh and they would like breastfeed him and stuff not breastfeed him but they would and then he would then he would come out and he would do the hokey pokey and he would have the girls going around in the hokey pokey and then then he would go into in vogue peel off the onesie and he had a crazy body underneath it he had a pamper on and he'd take the pamper and he'd have the g-string in it and by that time you know that is a roller coaster of emotions that I just went through (laughs) horrified turned on confused I wow as long as the turned on part gets in there that's all that matters whatever order it is so it was like fun and then it was like oh and then you know they knew him and then damn and they would go let's all do the the chicken dance or whatever and then sweet baby ray is uh (laughs) i never thought about doing the chicken dance (laughs) in a strip club but that was until now also the variation but so like if you look at everything is sex 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 tip but but if you you know it was all everybody kind of had their own thing well you'd have to because they would get old wouldn't it i mean i mean you know women go to like i had got recruited for uh chippendales back in the days but at the time they wouldn't let you couldn't be a black guy and have be a feature what? Like they, they would what? let you do the background dances but uh, you couldn't be couldn't be one of those leads yeah, they would, well, that they, ca- sounds kind of racist uh, a little bit it was a little bit absolutely a lot yeah. was, yeah. this, was this a written policy or an unspoken no, policy it just was you never had a black guy who was the lead at okay. the time and mm. so you know I, I turned it down because I was making more money freelance and so we were doing a kind and then I we produced huge shows like I actually did a show once with 4,000 women 
and 50 dancers in this airplane hangar and I set up my own bar and we had stage and all kinds of stuff like that. So was this strip club, uh, was it male, female? Was it just for women? It was women, women. Okay. I mean, you would have, you, every once in a while you have a couple of gay guys, but you're talking about 90s where it was, everything was very homophobic. In mm. fact, one of the things is that if you did the gay side of stripping, then you couldn't do the straight side. You could do it, but you wouldn't get booked because the stigma of yeah. that, you know, like if a straight woman doesn't really, I mean, I mean it's changing now, but even now. It's still I, in porn. Yeah. It's like you don't, a straight woman doesn't necessarily find a gay sex attractive unless she's into that. They it's, need to rethink their thinking. But it is, yeah. you know, that's what it was. And so it was a business decision because male strippers always had that stigma in the first place. But yeah. understanding the, the subtleties of female attraction is something that you have to learn because you, you don't make any money if you don't. And one of the things that I always found was... Um, Women look at the details. Oh, the devil's all in the details. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing something as simple as humping the floor, right? When I got in the business, guys used to do this push-up position and just kind of like do this. But when I got into it, I would grind my nuts into the into the dance floor mm -hmm. until they were dust nuts. Until it was <laughs> until it was a hole hole in the in the, in the wood. Floor. But I mean, the, making oh, that contact mm -hmm. was different. The way your toes, the arch of your back, women see the aesthetics of it. Where men go, oh, you got tits and ass. I'm in the floor. Yeah, where yeah. the other ones were just air. Like, there's a difference between you yeah. know air kissing air air and, it, and and real kissing, yeah, and yeah. air fucking and real fucking. Absolutely. And, and even you like I would straddle and like because we didn't we like kind of did a lap dance, but you push your pelvis against this they would feel that grinding and, it, mm. and they're like well, well, mm -hmm. this is especially when everybody else was running around with shoulder pads and stuff <laughs> and then i'm i'm in loincloths grinding right. people's stomach and climbing all over i used to do this thing where i would like if i was in a club i would run up the chairs on this table jump off and grab the the light you know the, how to, they have the whole the scaffolding or the light rigging. for the light rigging and i would grab on it and shimmy across it and drop in another girl's lap and i dive over the I was a maniac. A lot. Yeah, I was, but I was kind of a wild dude anyway, so it was just kind of was like what I did. But just understanding the subtleties of how women see, mm -hmm. even in dance, and it's funny because we, we'll talk about this in terms of comedy as well because I'm a comic, and uh, highs and lows, fast and slow, hard and soft, the variations of that doesn't allow your brain to kind of zone out. Because you're like, well, what's next? You know, because it's, it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah, you get it. You kind of zone out. It yeah. becomes white noise. It's the reason everyone had a different character. I would gather, and the yeah. reason that you would change up the act this yeah. way. But I would change it up in the context of the even your own my set. Own, my sure, own set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was. It wasn't necessarily improv, but there was wiggle room for. It was a lot of improv. It's just, That's know, great. I mean, you had basic fundamental things that I different stunts that I would do and stuff. But, yeah, your tricks. But for the most part, yeah. it was whatever happened. Like I remember, there was this huge lady. She was about four hundred pounds, and she, you know, she had the elastic top pants and I remember climbing in her pants with her like she was laying on the ground and I, I put my leg in her leg and my my right leg in her left oh leg and God. I was in, humping her in her pants wow. so yeah yeah, it was it was insane. But you, when you do it, all that stuff falls away—the the shame of it—and you just kind of have fun with it. So you're a dedicated. Yeah, it was so fun. 
You mentioned that other than doing routines at the clubs, you did a lot of independent work because you would yeah. pass out your cards. Yeah, that's where the money was. Yeah. Most of the money. Obviously, there's tons and tons of like bachelorette parties that sure. would want your services. Sure. But I'm curious what other events you may have done because I'm, my brain goes straight to corporate events at funerals. <laughs> Bar mitzvahs. Um, divorce parties. We did Quinceaneras. Div- we did divorce parties. We oh, did good. Bachelor- we did bridal showers, bachelor par- baby showers. They just baby showers. Yeah, they sure. would do have okay. baby showers, birthday parties. Listen, here's Dante, the thing. will you do a gender reveal party? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> no, you're gonna wear a bulletproof he, the thing vest. Is he, he pulls off the loincloth, whatever color the g string is. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the color of the baby. <laughs> I like that. I like. That. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. You would do all sorts of different parties and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and is oh, because a it, baby shower. Now I know you're like, hey, why a baby shower? If you want people to come out to your baby shower, you got to make it worth their time. There's going to be strippers. I could buy my own slice of cake. It was a bunch of women. They were like, "This is what baby great. showers were for women." Now it's yeah, nowadays it's kind of, it's kind the of man a whole is party. involved in the yeah, baby yeah, shower, yeah, and yeah, it's like. Yeah. But back in the day, it was it was the, women like, went to the baby showers. The and man then, would stay home and watch football or whatever. Yeah. That oh was yeah, all no, I remember women. that. But yeah, I, I never, yeah. I've never been to one with a stripper, yeah. and I'm I'm gonna have to write to some friends some very strongly worded <laughs> angry emails because I have what a, a memory waste. now. Of, I don't remember what kind of party this was, but they had kids there, and we all had to sit in a room <gasps> or something. Yeah. And then I oh, remember yeah. later they would on, do that. absolutely, yeah, do that. you'd yeah. be stuck in a bedroom or something. Yeah, and then they'd be screaming and hollering. You know, I you had the money, I'd show up. I'm curious if you had any stripping-related injuries because it sounds like yeah, you I had were water very on the knee. physical. I had really bad knees. I oh. still my back is still fucked up because I would. So if the crowd wasn't live, I would find the biggest woman in the place and throw her up over my head. And when you're 20 years old, you think that you're uh, invincible, but you're not. And I would, you know, have a 300 pound, 400 pound woman wrapped around my neck, like up in my shoulders, squirming because she's squirming not used around, to being lifted and up. She's moving. <laughs> That's and, weight. That- and I remember feeling my my vertebrae compressed, my the disc compressed. But I was young. I was like, ah, I'm fine. You know, I'm gonna live forever. Yeah, yeah. So it, those are the injuries. Yeah, that. Um, Any concussions? I never asked you this. Not a concussion, <laughs> but um, knees, 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 back. That's about it. Most of all, thong rash. You had a lot of cases of thong rash. <laughs> not really. Thong not rash really you gotta grease that up. You gotta grease oh, that up. You gotta a lot of baby oil. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, and you don't have to answer this, but did you ever date any of your clients? Or All the time. Okay. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the is first that, is thousand. That you met? <laughs> that the first thousand. <laughs> well, it just, it wasn't, yeah, I'm, I'm not a hideous dog, but I, I but I. <laughs> By uh, home, but no means, no. The, the, uh, the business itself lended itself to I'll that. say this, as a comedian, I've done well with audience members. After a yeah. show, you do comedy, you kill, and then, you know, women find you attractive because that's a powerful thing. Yeah. I can't imagine what oh, would yeah, it be it was, where you're already yeah. shaking your dick around. Yeah, and I had guys I know the goods. completely so, sexual. I can't imagine. Yeah. A lot of my guys, they would see what I did was if I was interested in somebody and anyway, I would be like, look, go outside. I'll meet you around the corner. And I was because I would never because the whole the fantasy of the fact that you could get me is the marketing of it. And so I had guys who would stay at the party and hang out and they'd have the hot girl and they'd be on the floor with her. And and it would just, you lose your bit because I'd be gone and I'd meet the girl, scoop her up and, and then we'd mm. do whatever we did. But I would never let the mystique of that happen. I like the Beatles. Yeah. John Lennon. They yeah. didn't want to let everybody know John Lennon was married yeah. because it would ruin the sex appeal. <laughs> Sean, don't listen to this podcast. Um, (laughs) So here's my question. Would it ever make you or any of your fellow performers jaded or lose faith in love? Absolutely. I mean, 
a really crazy situation. I did this girl's uh, bridal shower. They had me in this like side bathroom and I was changing and the bride comes in and she comes in and she starts fucking around with me and she starts blowing me and we get busted by her husband's mother, the (gasps) mother-in-law. And the mother goes, you bitch. She goes, you in here sucking dick and didn't call me. And then I ended up having a threesome with the mother-in-law. And yeah, so you... Wait, wait! I is, oh my god, that is not I how am, we thought this was going to this end. Is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's. Did the mother? I want details. Did the mother-in-law and, and the, the they, they were hanging? That's just how they got down. They got into it with each other too. Yeah, yeah. And it was I, like they kept it. I am rarely family, speechless. It's it's, but it's kind of you know when you see that you go, especially as a guy and you know a guy who as was younger and we're talking about in the nineties, you go whatever you thought about women that you that you had that was all broken you well know? so i'm an anthropologist aside from oh, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. this so i so studied non-human primates and i'm a big believer that women are far more sexual and uh yeah. not nearly as reserved or sure. prudish yes. as we're, we're shown to be especially in our culture here in the united states and the bonobo which is one of my favorite non-human primates is known for settling all conflict through sex. Sex. Say, for instance, if, you know, one bonobo walks up and sees, you know, somebody, another bonobo getting on with somebody they like, they'd rather join in rather than, you know, have a a fight. But uh, that's how, and then male, male, the male males will have penis fencing, sword fights. Penis fencing is a scientific term. Take that to the water cooler. (laughs) Uh, Ladies will have GG rubbing, which is genital, genital rubbing, you know, primate scissoring. So, it's funny because wow. you say that with the bonobo. One of the books that really blew my mind was uh, Christopher Ryan's book, uh, Sex, Sex at Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. It just blew my mind. And that is kind of the way, I'll, I'll maybe get to that later, but that's how the whole concepts of everything, what I teach now and what I've kind of melding the two of that together. That, But it was uh, it was an interesting thing because you the context of how you see things and what you're taught is blown away. But I had that perspective way on. But it also, I think I was shocked at first and then I started to understand that you... You know, that everybody kind of puts on these airs and where at the core of what that honesty is, is that's where the gold is, you know, and that's where your personal happiness is. So it definitely gave me a different perspective, because even in the 90s, where there was kind of these these chauvinistic tropes, it was an opportunity for them to let loose. And they were worse than men. Like I've been bitten and scratched and like teeth break, like they get into it and just and then they just pull their skirt down and pick up their briefcase and leave like this never happened so it was really a place for them to get loose the other thing is that they would if you did become intimate with anybody they didn't feel as though that you could judge them so the shit that they wouldn't do with their boyfriends and husbands they would you know they wouldn't be peed on or beat or tied up they were like this is the guy I'm gonna do it with because how's he going to judge me? You know, so there was this openness, almost as if you, well, you just get objectified because of that, because that's how they see you. you know? It's like lucid dreaming. Yeah. Oh, lucid dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, like lucid dreaming where you, you know, I mean, I lucid dream and not to get too personal, but like that's when I can do anything yeah. and there is no judgment. And right. you can like, I remember when I was a kid, I would curse. Right. 
fuck shit, fuck, you know, because like nobody would yell <laughs> at me, would you know what I mean? But right. yeah, because that was when you're eight, that's like the, that's the or I thing. get naked because I love being like naked as a kid. And mm. so, um, you know, but like, I feel like it's that sort of lack of limits and boundaries. And mm. how did that make you feel? Like, were you, did that upset um, you? At first, I said, when you're a guy, that's not a problem at first. And then it becomes a problem. It's, and that's where you start to realize how, how similar men and women are. I remember there was this older woman. She was like, here's my card. No, she didn't even give me her card. She took my number. And she said, I'm going to call you. Maybe we can hook up. And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. Um, what's your name? And she says, you'll find that out later. Like, And I was like, all right, whatever, as long as I'm getting laid. I don't give a fuck. And we, she called me up. We met at a hotel. We hooked up. And, and then I was like, well, what's your name? And she wouldn't tell me. Like, she wouldn't give me any information about her. And I, for a while, I was like... I, whatever you know it's, it's it, I was at the Waldorf or the Hilton or you know it was just dope. didn't bother you didn't bother me and then after a while I was like look I'm not fucking you again until I know your name once I understood that what this was and I could get past the fact hey somebody's actually fucking me then it was you deserve the, answers yeah these other these other things become important so I think that's the thing about being a, a man a lot of times it's like so if a woman says she can't get laid she can get laid, but she does it. She can't get laid with the guy that she wants to get laid. When a guy says he can't get laid, he can't get laid. That means he's not getting laid. <laughs> it's just, there's no prospects, no nothing. You know, that's where demand. man school comes yeah, into yeah. play, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You change the criteria of who you are and what you are and you being the best you, women want to open up. They want to give control over to you. They want to trust you enough to do that. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, it's anti-feminist by any means. It's all about choices. But a woman, we think deep down inside, for the most part, wants to give up that control to you if you're worthy of that. And that's the thing. They also have to worry about their safety, too, as well, is the other thing, which is why it's so hard for women to be free sexually because every time they go out on a date, they have to worry about the possibility of being assaulted or raped. That's a real possibility that most men don't don't ever don't really ever encounter. Do. No, mm-hmm. and so that's part of it why women aren't as free to be. And free here's here's an interesting. What I was thinking about this the other day is that the one time that a man does have to worry about is in prison, right? And men are deathly afraid of prison. So it's interesting how they don't have the empathy for for women in the context of this, but they don't see. They just don't deal with it. Yeah, it's, so, it's, you know. But if you well, say it's like oh, privilege, it's like you know, yeah, white right. folk can't see the fact that they've got white privilege right. because they just—it's like it doesn't affect them. So if it doesn't affect men, yeah, they, they don't just oh, I don't get it, you know. And it's empathy. It's putting yourself in somebody yeah. else's it's shoes. It's funny because mm-hmm. I, I have this thing I always say. I always say that um, white men see racism the same way men see a woman's period. Like we think you kind of have it, but we don't think it's as bad as you as you say it is. And how would we ever be? able to make that decision when we don't experience it at all so it's an interesting concept but that i think the things happen in different times but it all kind of happens and so the task for a man and at least and i think this is changing is we're pursuing you in fact a lot of times i think when you find women who are aggressive who are pursuing men men are intimidated by women who are pursuing them because they're 
maybe they're not comfortable with that or whatever. It, it changes the I dynamics. Think, yeah, because I, I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions of way uh, about differences between men and women being some sort of like uh, hardwired, predetermined behavior based right. on our biology, which I strongly disagree with, just mm-hmm. based on what we know in terms of how much culture really shapes who right, we absolutely. are. That and is so, the culture. Yeah, yeah it, it, and I actually, uh, when you were mentioning about trying to explain to men that you got to give women a space to be open, yeah. So they can try new things. I, I was in a pizzeria or, you know, a pizza place at two in the morning one night and these five, probably 20 to 25 year old young men, I was sitting there by myself snarfing mm. a piece of pizza and out of nowhere I hear, hey, excuse me, excuse me. And they're like, how do we, how do guys like us get a girl like you? You know, and it was, mm. and I was like, a girl or a woman? And it was one of those things, but I we talked for 45 minutes wow. and, yeah. and it was just so sad how these, these young men had no idea. Had no idea. Yeah. And they, and yeah. I, I talked to them about consent. I talked to them about how consent can be sexy and how mm. it can be nonverbal, but also verbal and right. all these things that I, I'm glad that you guys are talking to the men about because unfortunately, sure. you know, that there's nobody teaching. There's it. nobody that's not a class. And, and, yeah. you know, I went to Catholic school and we had a class called loving. No, it's yeah. actually called loving yeah. taught by Dr. Klein. And she was great. And she would, she would talk openly about sex and consent, and mm-hmm. and I was fortunate to have that, but a lot of people don't. And yeah. Yeah. Well, when did the church find out about that and shut that down? <laughs> right? That seems like one of those things, like, you're doing what now? She was like, shh, don't tell. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? just reading the Bible. <laughs> exactly. Satan's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is Jesus, just as Fabio. Yeah. <laughs> no, no big deal. The great thing about, I think, what Harry and I are set out to do, but we're still evolving. You know, and it's like when I talk about how it was in the 90s, sure. that was the 90s in that. And and we're still evolving and understanding. But you're right, the social. Act. There's one thing I think there's this instinctual attraction. Human beings have been on this earth for 200,000 years or so. And Very good. 250 to 300,000 yeah. anatomically modern humans. Thank you. And, yeah, right. And, uh, I think it's 5,000, but that's just because I believe in God. <laughs> and Jesus, and it's Did clearly you logical. loving? Did you take loving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I recognized yeah, yeah, you yeah. from it's somewhere. 5,000. Yeah. But um, it, and so I don't think you can deny that the way that we mate as people is that's built into the DNA as a variable, maybe just like everything else is a variable. But then the, then when you talk about social, the social aspects of it, like, for instance, the, the whole idea of monogamy and possession doesn't happen until we start to farm we put up posts. Yeah, and we go, okay, this is my property. These are, and paternity becomes important because these are my kids and so resources have to go to my kids. That's the reason we get married. It's just all giving up land. It's an exchange. Yeah, so it's a social aspect. But before that, it was very communal. I mean, it was also very instinctual too, like when you talk about the bonobos and and the way that they did things and the way that openness is, like even you talk about tribes, the openness of that is important because Everything is communal, and so is the sex. Like, if if we live together and we, I hunt and I get, everybody eats. It's interesting because there's not always a promiscuous horde. Like, bonobos are very unique. Our closest right. genetic relatives are chimpanzees and bonobos, and we're mm-hmm. like equidistance relatedness. From, from the two. From yeah. the two. Okay. And, and bonobos have a much more amorous way of dealing with conflict and right. a lot more sexual. Right. And chimpanzees are a lot more aggressive. Yeah. There is a hierarchy. So, for instance, perhaps the alpha male gets most of the one-on-one mating sure. time with right. females, and, and the subordinate males will kind of sneak one on the side. Yeah. But interesting thing to know about these two types of our closest genetic relatives, chimpanzees are pretty much male dominant. Males stay in the group. Females disperse. So the males run the show. Bonobos, female dominant. Females Mm. run the show. The boys are mama's boys. So anytime anybody gives me sort of like, oh, I wish we were more like bonobos. I want to be more like that promiscuous horde. I'm like, maybe you should let. 
Yeah. Women run the show one day and you yeah. should forget about our emails and elect a woman for president. Yeah. I feel like we wouldn't be doing our audience justice if we didn't talk about the other thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. So I, I was basic for the you only had an escort service. I, yeah, I was, was a pimp for, for about six years. and Yeah, that's kind of, okay. let's not forget about So here, this. this is a very interesting thing. It's interesting, not, even on a political context. How I'm did not, this start? The whole, the whole thing was Rudy Giuliani... Was <laughs> like yep. all good God stories. It, it got to yeah. start with Rudy. Yeah. Sorry, Rudy. we're back in Ukraine. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, when he came to New York and he was cleaning up New York, he had passed all these vice laws about. So he was cleaning up New York. I mean, he was Forty Second Street was the street you was, know now yeah. was at the time porn. The, it was porn central theaters, movie theaters, deep throat was yeah, you yeah, go yeah, there to see it. You see it, yeah, yeah. Um, Strip clubs, check porn out the shops, deuce, the, the deuce. deuce. Not so, even a theater. It was just on the side of the street, right? Yeah. <laughs> And um, so he started, he started cleaning everything up. Yeah. And he put, and he also was, that's where Amadou Diallo got shot and with 41 shots. And because of this high level of policing, Justin and, and, and yeah, yeah. brown people ended up getting the short end of the stick. And really probably happens. the long That's surprising. Exactly. <laughs> um, really but what? What, what happened is in the strip clubs, it became where Vice used to go into the strip clubs and, you know, bust them. And so I had a. a well, they club. created a law. You yeah. gotta remember they. One well, of was, the, this was that didn't really affect me until later. That was okay. so the the there used to be a sixty forty law where if you had a, a adult porn business or whatever, you had to sell DVDs. Sixty percent of that business had to be quote unquote legitimate non sexual non sexual business. Mm. So like a, a DVD store couldn't just sell fuck porn. films; they yeah. would have to also sell. <laughs> That's why you'd see like dusty Toy. copies of Honey, I the kids. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, no one yeah. seems these aren't flying off the shelves. So I wonder why. I want to know what was the most interesting combination from that time. Oh, oh the comedy club! Uh, yeah, it was a comedy club and yeah. a strip club in the same building. It was a Gramercy. I want to see clown strippers with the flowers squirting water and their I mean, nose, and I'm all. Yeah, about I don't it. think you're going to turn people away. It's weird. No one ever seems to leave. Whatever the gimmick is at the strip club. So I, I kind of always went did pretty well with the ladies, and it was like, why don't you come? and manage the club and if maybe you could stop because the girls used to turn tricks they would give lap dances and they would be in the corner and just kind of burp and then turn tricks in the club and he was like you gotta stop them from fucking in the clubs you're gonna get me closed down and I would be like stop fucking in the clubs right and, <laughs> spray some water on them <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I was like well if they're already fucking I was like eh, why don't we just take it out of the club and we'll organize it and so on and so forth and that's how I ended up getting into just managing that and then it, it just I, we got another picture for you <laughs> oh I want to yeah and uh, how many clients did you have or, uh, or, or I don't know I mean, I, and, and how many oh, girls client, yeah I, I guess I'm thinking of you like a pimp as like an roster? agent yeah who is he exactly how do you how roster? does one advertise their services I had a really great you just see my head in the middle of all of that debaucherous Behave. Um, well, what we like a softball is... photo, but with women in bikinis. <laughs> I love this picture right here, where you look unfazed Exhaust. by I, the butts really, in your face. I just was really unfazed. I mean, you look because we lived he together. Does, at, like... at one time, we all lived together. At one time, and I was like. <laughs> We were sexually Actually managing yeah. a, a horse. So this was speak. like friends, but yeah, the, yeah. the more enjoyable version of friends. Or, but I was there, you know, you become their boyfriend. Right. So that means when uh, they have a... You, like now, it, you know, everybody would be... But they did beat you and, and drugs, but it wasn't... I wasn't what you call a gorilla pimp. Like I didn't wasn't a guy who beat the women and anything. Yeah. But if you didn't do that, you had to be smooth. You had to know how to... But you also had to give... 
like she had to trust you. So you had to maintain that trust. So you have 11 you had women. And at the and most time, it was discipline. like 11 women. And you're trying to manage the emotions of all of them in the house at one time. And you're the go-to guy, you know. Yeah. Wow. Now, just to be clear for our audience, you know, with this show, we, we're not trying to whitewash pimping yeah. or sex trafficking or um, anything of that sort. It's just I feel like when people imagine pimp, what comes to their mind is a cartoonish figure sure. that has a purple jacket, which yeah. is it's always big purple. Hat. Usually yeah. a big hat. It's, uh, it's velvet. It's a velvet jacket. Well, velvet. There's a, you know, there's actually a reason not the purple jacket, but the flamboyant dress, there's a reason for it. It's it's just like where where the male species of certain animals have feathers the and peacocks. the peacocking. Showing and off. Those so peahens yeah. are not so hot. Yeah. I, Spending I, all that money. Yeah. It's it but it's also <laughs> It's what, advertisement in a way. Well like, what hey, I also it's, where it's, do I where do I get a, a lady of the evening? <laughs> that guy in the purple <laughs> that jacket. Guy might know. <laughs> with the big hat yeah. with the I zebra band. Guy, yeah. I wonder if the guy with the zebra top hat might have some info on this. <laughs> He's but a it, massive diamond at the end of that cane. That's... <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I have that's interesting even about that is that if you dress out of the norm, there's almost an undertone of the fact that you know that you will get social pressure that you wouldn't normally get. And in order to do that, there's a certain level of confidence that I find that women have always found attractive about me, that confidence of just not worried about the male pressure that you get from looking different. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows you to be confident and strong and where you're unaffected by what people say and do on the outside. And that kind of becomes the attraction mm-hmm. because it's like I'm so comfortable with myself that I dress the way that, that I, I want to dress. You so know? you didn't you didn't you just dress playing regular? No, I, I would. Oh God, well, Dante insane. still dresses like that sort of to I this mean, day. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the thing. Dante might have dressed like that, but I don't think it's because he was a pimp. That yeah, was just, I, I kind of was dressing like nobody wakes up and decides to be a pimp. Women actually manipulate the pimp into pimping. There's so little research, by the way, on right. sex work and pimping or yeah. anything like that. Which, by the way, as you mentioned, you know, there's different kinds of pimps. You were one that I'm making the assumption you never hit someone. I won't say that I didn't hit somebody. I, I, I mean, there was that was an element of it. And that's the element of it that made me. I just didn't have the stomach for that. Do you, and, okay. And to be honest. And we are not a podcast no, that promotes ever no, no. I mean, I, violence or trafficking no. or abuse. Thing, when, so. I, when I got out of it, guys would call me yeah. up for strippers. For I won't even refer strippers to it. Like, if you want to, you don't have to do it. But I, I literally removed myself from it because of the morality and immorality that I wouldn't even. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be the person that I am if I didn't do it. But it's not something that I brag about or that I'm proud of. You know what I mean? It just, it's it, not on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I'm 20 years old. We do shit that when you're 20 years old, that's what you do. You do dumb shit. And it's you know, hopefully that we we become imperfect allies to situations that we might have been on the other side of. And you've learned and you've grown and you've bettered yourself right. from and it. I, and that's what's important. I mean, that's important. all you can do. And I can't erase it, you know, and so I'm not hiding it because... But again, that's also part of the what you didn't like about it. You're like, this is not yeah, what yeah, I that signed was the, up for. Where the immorality of it kind of just, just turned me. And then one of the girls that I was working with got hurt. Uh, not by you, by somebody no, else. No, no, right? by someone. And then I just, I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Was she thing. assaulted? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you act in a way as security for yeah. these women most of the time? Yeah. Well, that's the other thing you have to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, yeah. you got to crack jaws. If guys act up, you got to take them to task. And that kind of is the thing, too, that builds the bond between because you're their protector. Mm-hmm. You know? So no guy goes wakes up and goes, I want to be a pimp. It's always a woman that goes, hey, I would fuck this guy and give you the money. Like, that's... Because they do need the protection. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. No. It's just really? it's a love kind of time. It's an attraction. And they go, it's almost like prostitutes at that. It's a thing you have. It's a, kind of an esoteric element that you have as a guy and you think they it's because s- that's what they have to offer or like what do you, what do you mean meaning like i like you but what i am is i i am a i don't i've never really i've never really thought of it that way but i know that there is a, it's just like anything else is that when you have swag here's a funny thing i was doing a, a radio show and there was a porn star on the radio show and then with Dan Natterman. I don't know if you know Dan. Man, it doesn't Comedian matter. Dan but he goes, he goes, uh, yeah. he kind of sounds like a carnival dude. He goes, hey, hey. you know, he's running, hey, I wanted to know if uh, <laughs> he's a 1920s do like, guy. Do you like uh, cum on your face, right? And I go, Is that something you enjoy? Hey, you getting enjoy cum on your face. We, we would like that. We, we, like we would like come. you to like it. And I go, I go, that's like the dumbest question ever. I go, to ask that question is to to believe that women are a monolith and that they're not different. And so so she says yes, and then that that's the answer for every I found out there's women out there who do like dick pics. It's rare. Yeah. But yeah. there are some that some are women like, no, that I do. Like, if you're, like, you're the person good luck. that I am dating and I ask for the thing. Oh, yes. no doubt. Yeah. I mean, like, if, no if there's, you know, if you're into the person and, yeah. and you're, that's, the, it's, that's your person. I've met a, I've met a couple thing. that got dick pics and they're like, oh, it was hot. And, but that's not, again, not the no. majority. Do no, not make that means. assumption. No. Yeah, no. do no. not. No, but I this mean, is the, a, this is a podcast that says if you're thinking about sending a dick pic, send a dog pic. Way better results. A, 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 <laughs> Way and a better. Puppy. And a, a puppy. puppy. Uh, a bulldog puppy. Uh, you can, They're adorable. You know. They are adorable. <laughs> or actually, there's an animal called a dick dick. Oh, yeah. Send I send the dick dick. Really? You know what's weird? I've never sent a dick pic. I think once that it was requested. And that was somebody I was already engaged in something with. But I've never sent one, and yet I have been sent pictures by women, like nudes. Yeah, I've got a couple puss pics. Right, but it's interesting (laughs) that that's almost a thing that doesn't turn women on. You know what I mean? Even when a... It's all in the context. But I find it's less like the percentage yeah, yeah, of nudity sure. back and forth. It's absurd. It's like well, 80% because, them and, yeah, and again, he, upon here's, request. Here's the thing. I, I think that it's guys don't understand the intimacy of it. They don't understand that there needs to be intimacy. And if there is intimacy, then a lot of times all bets are off. Like, mm-hmm. so what a woman will say, I I'm, I don't do this and I don't do this. That's all relative to who you're dealing with and what the context of it is. There, Going through all this, the everything I've learned from the show, uh, there are things that you you make a woman comfortable. They don't even know that they like it. Certain things that when you, when you get comfortable and you experiment well, that's together, because they're not oh, same because with men. Of, yeah. I mean, men are yeah. the same, yeah. absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my no gosh! Doubt. Like, but if a woman's men. never had her hair pulled and you do it the right way in the right moment then that's something that they didn't even know they enjoyed because no one had done it yet, so to speak. But it's, but now, I, if you do my taxes, <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> but it's, Ooh, it's, I, I got really turned on for a second. Pick up my dry you cleaning. the vapors I do, declare. <laughs> will, you, will you assemble my Ikea furniture? Just that I know and how to you know do. What? Damn. You know what? And it, there won't be any leftover screws. Absolute is a thing. I can't tell you how many times. Like I, so I, I worked in a restaurant. I was a head chef at a restaurant in college. I worked up from a dishwasher to the... 
appetizer dude. Is this the, a new Paltz? Yeah. Okay. And I ended up cooking full time, so I'm pretty good cook. My mom was from the South. She did Southern stuff. I worked in an Italian restaurant, and my dad was West Indian. And so, and then every girl that I dated of a race, they cooked whatever their, their ethnic food was, and then I learned how to cook their ethnic food. And I, a lot of times I would have a girl over and cook her dinner, and... They would go, uh, just be turned on that you're chopping and, and stuff like this is dope, you know. And that's kind of the context of the whole show is to kind of you want people to be complete human beings, you know. And when you, oh, yeah. And when they are complete human beings, they exude the, the confidence because they're complete. If you're not complete, then what happens? And this is not male, female or otherwise. It's just we just felt like you needed to. An interesting thing I think this is interesting is when um a guy will have a girl who he's always had around but never never really put her in the front row, right? And then one day he goes, Man, she was so cool and then move her to the front row. I've never had a woman who thought that the guy was a punk. Or not give him a promotion later yeah, on. Yeah, like it it's like once friend zoned, always friend zoned. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Unless, I mean, you have to do major overhaul to get out of that well, friend. You, you got go, to disappear. You go to the Peace Corps. Yeah, yeah right. And then you come back as another person. And they're like, oh, It's an okay. 80s film where you, yeah. you, you, you join the army. Yeah. You, yeah, Hi, yeah, Christopher. Exactly. It's Chris now. <laughs> that yeah. type of thing. Like, yeah. But yeah. I've never seen that where a guy will do that. But I don't, I don't You can ever. change that. But again, it's all but work. But you got, yeah, you yeah, got yeah, to change yeah. yourself. But and I'm saying a guy will just, uh, you can have a dope chick on your roster and you just go Rossi she will win the, you over sure yeah. well, I mean I don't know what else to no, say no 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 you're, you're, you're fine yeah, it, it, um, and you go man I don't even like these other people like why am I giving this time to somebody else and I think that comes when there's a when the options are available to you so when you've you've kind of mastered your attraction and you have options and you can kind of pick and choose where you're just not holding on to somebody because you can't get anybody else or at least you don't think so and then you kind of open your thinking up to what do I really like you know one of the things that I learned from the show about just approaching dating for men or women is you know we talk about knowing your value and not not giving in to what you don't want to give up. You know, you have to know what are your non-negotiables. Yep. And the thing is, when you're very honest up front, sometimes you lose, but you really win in the end because if you're honest and you go, this is what I am, this is what I do, and a lot of guys don't do that because they don't want to, they're scared to lose they don't out. Think, they don't think they're worthy. They don't think they're worthy they're, of it. They're asking for something that they don't think they're worthy of in the first place. So for an, exa so. an example is, right now I'm in a phase of my life where I'm dating multiple women and I've let them all know that. And I will let a woman know when she's kind of interested in me. And I go, listen, this is what I do. I'm dating a couple women. If you're not into that, that's totally cool. But I just want you to know that that's what I'm doing right now. They all know about it. It's not a secret. And some of the times a woman goes, that's not what I want. I want something serious. And she goes away. And fair enough. And that mm. sucks because every once in a while you do make a connection. You're like, oh, that could have been nice. Mm. But on the other hand, the women that do agree with that and they're cool with that, then you win because you're that's something amazing like okay i don't have to lie about this this is what i'm enjoying mm. and that also goes for just monogamous relationships as well whatever that is the non-negotiables are like this is what i do and then never negotiate them yep. because right. they're but you got to be honest about what's negotiable and, and non negotiable and those change i mean yeah. like that's why yeah. for instance what you said with the when you're saying that there's a woman that maybe you hung with for years and you kind of just put her to the wayside yeah. your non-negotiables probably changed 20 yeah. years ago to sure. now where before you're like sure. i want a i want a 10 or a 10 plus or yeah. she has to be X, Y, and Z. And as you get older, you realize X, Y, and Z fade. Right. 
Sure. And like you want to talk to somebody at the end of the day, you yeah. want to be able you to fart in somebody without like, yeah. you know, you want to have that like laughing fit while you're watching a show. And maybe that girl that she's you not know, the one to do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So uh, I hate to backtrack, but I'm curious. Speaking of negotiables, yeah. <laughs> prices. So going I know that, you know, because you were in those two industries for a long time. Yeah. What were some of the rates, whether you were stripping or so if S I was stripping, or, if I did a, managing, if I was stripping, like to do a private gig was like two and a quarter to two fifty, depending on the travel, I would whatever. And, and depending on who it was, I charge more. These were early 90s yeah. prices. Yeah. Too. Yeah. This yeah. Is early Inflation. 90s, which, yeah. Mm. Guys, uh, don't compare that to cur yeah, yeah. current strippers. Yeah, Shop yeah. around. Uh, you get a blowjob from girls, 40, 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. Back. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can do that now, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> About uh, 40, 50 oh, bucks, but what? it was nineties. I mean, yeah, 90s. those are nineties prices. It was nineties. Inflation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that what's interesting is that the dynamic of it, the social dynamic of it, that like it's a whole nother world. You know, when you start to understand attraction, and then you put into those what we would you talking about that that visceral attraction. So I I believe that there's this visceral kind of we have these instincts that pheromones are, that are based there, but then we have the social what I call the social contract, monogamy, fidelity is all things that constructs that we've, but we're not acknowledging those visceral drives, and they seep through the, the social contract, and then they they conflict, and just understanding that you're feeling certain things, not recognizing it and not knowing that is what screws up the relationship. Because when you're feeling, sometimes it's just a feeling. Like one of the things is like, you know, like men and, and I won't say all men, but I, I men tend to be, you know, a little more possessive, you know, you, you find, and I think that has a lot to do with the, the me too movement and this wanting to fuck people that don't, want to fuck you i mean i it's i mean it, that's also pre me too movement yeah yeah, yeah. and a long time yeah but i mean that was the it's so if you, if you had game you didn't want to fuck people that you didn't want to fuck but when you didn't have game you get rich and powerful enough and then you bend people's will with your power so that's why you have these situations where these guys are multi-millionaires and they're they're dirt bags and but the other thing I, I always like to point out is not to belittle what women have gone through but those dickheads are dickheads to everybody. They sure, yeah. Just, so in the context of work and stuff like they were dickheads to men. If they were gay, they were abusive to men. It's just that men won't, we don't talk about it. You know? I mean, yes and no, because I feel like, uh, and, and John Fugel saying, and I have this, uh, he, sure. he brings this up a lot uh, mm. on his show, is that nice guys are the worst in the fact that it's hard sometimes for nice guys to acknowledge that guys that are nice to them can be royal horrible human people to women like yeah. actually yeah. be rapists you yes. know, they, they're like yeah. wait i never saw like steve seem like the nicest guy yeah, yeah. I, he was always nice to me sure, he was nice yeah. to my wife yeah. i can't he could never have raped those 15 yeah. women you yeah, know yeah, right. so it's sometimes forgiving or or assuming the best of people that we we only seeing what they, what they how give they, to yeah, us exactly yeah. and so that's why i believe women is such a huge movement I think of sex affects everything to some degree i think it, it, it always goes down a different path when sex gets involved in your head i know there's always been the thing that rape is not a sexual crime 
I find that hard to believe. To me, I think it's totally different. That's why you're able to compartmentalize. Like, he's a great dude, uh, except when it comes to women, and then he loses his fucking shit. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's always a thing that I... I could see that, why it, it becomes like, oh, he's perfectly fine with my family, with my kids, <laughs> right, when it comes to women. Yeah. I, that's problematic, though, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, without a doubt. Uh, that's, that's what... I mean, and until, and that, unfortunately, until men... And, and I think that's what's changing. Like, that's my hopeful... I mean, it's going to take time, but my prediction for the future is that men are no longer using the argument, well, I have a daughter or I have a mom, so I'm going to care about what happens to women. But just know I have a conscious, I know that what's right and wrong. Sure, yeah. And to call it out, yeah. you know, because my and big thing is- you're also not fucking your mom. Yeah, so. exactly, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, no offense to your mom. I'm sure she's a lovely human, yeah. but she's just, yeah. But it's like the subways. If you see something, say something. If you see a guy getting a little too touchy or like, you know, saying something grossly inappropriate, like say something, you know, like, because right. unfortunately it shouldn't be on women all the time to say something. I mean, we all can speak. And I, I speak up if I see a guy behaving like crap sure. to anybody i'm yeah. just like yo well, this is, what are you yeah, doing this is an interesting it's funny because I'm, I'm i'm in this place i've been battling this with my head not battling it but i've been talking about a lot is that you can't just be not racist you have to be anti-racist you can't just not be a sexist you have to be anti-sexist or anti well you can't be anti-semitic because this is a little bit different but no. i mean you gotta be against <laughs> anti-semitism anti-anti yeah, right right so but the thing is the, the the thing is <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is that we have a responsibility to step up and go, this is not okay, even if it doesn't affect you directly. Silence is violence. Yeah. Exactly. But it's weird because we, we lean very left in that sense, but some of the things we talk about on the show sometimes get taken, especially by hardcore feminists. Yeah, yeah. They hate the idea of, of certain aspects of it, which I find interesting. Hmm. We've actually come to a place where we understand that the show is not just for men anymore. No. Um, I think the men need it more because there's nobody that's setting these guidelines and there's single-parented homes, not single-parent, even when the guys have had fathers who were there but just weren't didn't have that connection with them and they learned nothing from them and a lot of the men who would be their fathers who would teach them they don't know yeah. what the heck is going on because this whole idea of gender and sex and attraction and all it's changed it's so evolving but you're not even talking about people who had an understanding of it even back when you know yeah. like yeah. so it's yeah. so that's why i can get a thousand dollars because yeah. they're like well one of the ideas that we always present which is always a little controversial is the idea that you have to not manage a woman's emotions but you have to learn to navigate a woman's emotions her emotions and your emotions because sometimes her emotions will affect the argument in that moment and that's always a controversial idea because it's not saying women are they're not equal or women are lesser than we both use different portions of our brain and we both deal with emotional aspects of arguments yeah, differently and people are exceptionally different yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. like in terms of just i mean yeah i was just going to say i mean yeah all you're just saying is you're not only thinking about yourself anymore right That's you're thinking it. about right. somebody else so it's not about necessarily it. right. about you know you're a man now you have to think about you know because women are somehow different it's like no you're just this is another person that right. you're inviting into your sure, life yeah. and you're being invited into theirs so right. you have to have empathy you have to be able to communicate that's because yeah. i've, it's I've not been really with, a man woman thing in my opinion yeah. No, I think it's a rational thing, like just in terms of being able to navigate somebody's emotions that might be more emotional than you. Because sure. I've been with people that are more emotional than yeah. I am, and I God, yeah, we've been. I feel like we've both been with men that are way very more emotional, emotional than and us. and you yeah. just and you and very sensitive, and and that's okay. And I and I'm actually a very sensitive person too, so it's like 
Sometimes it's just a little too much, but at the same yeah. time, it's important to know you, how to. Would you find that unattractive if a man is is no no not necessarily what it is? It's not even a man; it's just a partner being too quick to be hard or too quick to assume the worst. You know what I mean? Like somebody that's like, oh, you you didn't say I look nice, so therefore you think I look bad, or you know, you didn't uh, the negativity of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's like kind of draining. That's it's more draining, draining you that, personally you know, because like, that person doesn't seem in control of themselves. Yeah, I'd like to ask. You know, as scientists, I like to ask if this is a. I mean, I do feel that men and women are different. I'm trying to figure out where that is and where that's not. And that's been, I starting to understand that there's more similarities than there are differences, but the differences are very important. And, and the analogy that I use is it's, if I grow up as who I am every day and all of a sudden I lose an arm, losing an arm, which is not sexual, and my life changes dramatically because I've lost my arm. There's so many things that I would normally do one way that I don't. So if all of a sudden I didn't have a dick and I had a vagina and the context of that is different, it has to affect me differently in different ways. Sure. I mean, the, the only thing I'd say with that analogy is, you know, obviously it t- an arm isn't tied to so much other identity. But that's actually my point. That's <laughs> yeah. actually my point. You would just be armless Dante rather than but, I, but, or, every, yeah. right, but everything that I do is different yeah. from that. And that's not a sex that there's not, like you said, sure. there's not even a sexual so connotation. That, yeah. If that, that's not sexual changes us, then to think that we're not different as people because of our sexual, it's, it's, that just doesn't make sense. To I me. mean, I would argue that really the one thing I want to avoid is making broad sweeping generalizations about people, whether because they are a man or a woman. Now, culturally, we we have, you know, obviously treated men and women differently, right. but biologically speaking, there are subtle differences, but it's not as egregious as we like to think. That's, and yeah, then we make it. And there's a spectrum even yeah. exactly. within biology. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like the worst thing we can do is make broad sweeping generalizations about men, about women. Because that'll affect how we treat each other and instead just treat each other like individuals. And that's what it comes down to, really. So, But I I would say to a certain extent, you have to make generalizations in order to escalate the dialogue to a certain extent. So we... we, Well, I mean, I think it depends what those generalizations are. I mean, mean, if you're to say like, you know, women are hysterical and men are... Yeah, we're then then just talking about slightly shit. Well, shit. No, but what it comes down to... Mr. President, Mm. (laughs) we were wrong. (laughs) Sometimes it'll be the argument, men and women are the same. There's no difference. And you're like, well, biologically, there's differences. That doesn't mean that there aren't. There's always an exception to every rule, no matter and what, what it is. Right. And even, trans, you know, even tran, in the case of transgender, you know, biologically, you can't apply the same things necessarily. Like medically, there's different medical practices for women and men. In diff- that's why women have a gynecologist. Well, because well that's because of the different, different sex organs. Yeah, but absolutely. But in terms that does of, affect um, you. but as far as like genetically down to, you know, I mean, there's not huge differences. Uh, even like sex hormones, there's no male hormones, there's no female hormones. We have the same hormones, but in just different in amounts. Different, yeah. That's well, what all about what the it levels is. Levels of, let's say, testosterone and estrogen. That's yeah, that's yeah. yeah. No, the, the, but they're, they're not. Very, yeah, but they, yeah, they differ. Different. But they, they, but they also, but they also differ between Alice and myself, and, sure. and 
you and, and Dante. No, no, no doubt. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I'm teaching uh, Introduction to Biological Anthropology right yeah. now. And that's one of the things I really like to drill home mm. when it comes to things like sex and even race and, and things that we have very, we think that kind of fit into boxes. It doesn't work that way. It's clients, not clades. Everything is kind of slow, gradual change when yeah. it comes to populations. But even, we're, sorry, we're figuring out even when it comes to sex and gender, it is a spectrum. You yeah. know, it really is. Sexuality, especially, we were just talking even before the show about how male energy. A lot of, well, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, masculine yeah. energy. But at the same yeah. time, I, people have told me I have a lot of masculine energy. But also sexuality in different roles, like in the wrestling yeah. world, there's a lot of, yeah. you yeah. know, homosexual uh, wrestlers. But it, because that, there's yeah. probably a lot of, uh, you know, fluidity. Between, fluid. Yeah. yeah, it's a very fluid um, thing. I, yeah, no it's, it's, it's a very European thing to kind of want to put things in boxes to kind of, let's name it. Let's, very col- it's a colonizer yeah, thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? You were this, you were this. And, and, like, this, well, and then we I know. I would say it's just a human thing because psychologically it's easier to digest you know, and sure, understand you sure. for uh, understand if we can sort of throw things as stereotypes or labels, it's just easier for us to remember. I mean, our brains, as much as we can remember, if we're going to, for example, look at snakes, it's just easier to assume if we see a snake, yeah, yeah right. it <laughs> probably is going to be poisonous. Yeah. You're not going to just go over and say, oh, let me put the snake. Right, right. Well, Unless well, you're me. It's, 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 <laughs> or I Steve heard, Irwin. I, I, I was thinking about this. So I, I had a friend of mine that paints. And, you know, people always say, you know, you shouldn't drink milk because it creates mucus and blah, 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 blah. But painters drink milk on purpose to create mucus because the fumes from the paints, it protects them from. So here's something that we say not to do. And they do that on purpose as a way to protect their sure, lungs and the, the lining and the lungs the and cilia and all, all mm-hmm. kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. But it's not the exception to the rule because it's painters. It is a whole sure. group of people that paint. Absolutely. So, but for the most part, if you're not a painter, then it, most people, you right. shouldn't. And so you yeah, make yeah. that generalization and then, and, and this and thing like behavioral like, psychology though, which I find fascinating is that as much as we all are different, we also tend to do, a lot of the same things as human beings. Sure. And I mean, sometimes that differs a little bit for men, a little bit for women. There's always nuances it's like to all of It's like what she's saying yeah. is that, yeah, around the world. that it's yeah. not as, it's just not as defined as we think. And we're learning It's just that. kind of fun. I mean, honestly, I grew up, my mom raised me very gender neutral before gender neutral was even a thing. You know, mm. I remember she got called into a parent-teacher conference when I was in kindergarten and my mom, you know, very big on rules, was like, what did she do? And they were like, she only plays with boys. It was John, Jeffrey, Joseph, and Natalia. And my mom was more upset about the missed opportunity for alliteration right. than the fact that, like, right. I just played with boys. She right. didn't care. And so, right. you know, I think raising, and that's why the whole gender reveal mm. parties are, I think, a bunch of BS and, yeah. and really putting too much weight on being what is expected of, yeah. you know, these binary, because that's the thing, is putting things in boxes is one thing, but being binary about it, like, you know, black, white, right, wrong, yeah. you know, male, female, alf, ET, I like to really break it up into, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's dangerous, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was on a radio show and I was talking about how the whole idea of whiteness is a construct. Sure. Everybody, oh, people weren't, weren't white before. They were Italian. They were, they lived to their culture yeah. as opposed to, and the idea of whiteness happened so the colonizers could put you in boxes and then say, okay, these people get treated this way. And it's a way to, to oppress people by putting those labels. And, and then not to say that their, you know, behavioral psychology is something, is a study of these patterns. So we have to understand what those patterns are. But I think we're, starting to become open to what those patterns are and what they're not. I had a, we had a young lady on that I was counseling and she was, she was a lesbian. And when she told me the story about the girl, she was, she was absolutely in the friend zone. 
she liked this girl and and she was negotiating her non-negotiables yeah. and and that was something that really made me look at this like this is something you hear guys talk about and she's in this friend zone and then I was like well you have to I just gave her the advice I would have given a guy and she actually ended up dating the girl for a while I mean they ended up breaking up later oh that's but, cool though and then hey. I, we also had a trans porn star I don't know if you Mia know, Isabella Mia Isabella do you know I'm uh, not familiar with her she was like pretty girl syndrome like she was absolutely the pretty you know that yeah well you know he picked me up in the helicopter and then we went and you're like I was like nobody lives like that's your life yeah. specifically and she just assumed that we would understand this and and she uh, thought it was like I'm really good at hunting men you know I'm a good hunter and, and like, like I can turn down this you're like no no you're people, men are still coming to you they're, they're, that's not the same you're, thing you're attractive you're yeah. trapping them because you're it's because you're trans beautiful. has not changed the it's, fact right, that you're, it isn't, it's, you're doing hot chick moves which <laughs> is getting to choose who you would like at the club yeah, and, I have not had helicopters offered to and, me yet, and this so is, yeah, I am hanging with the wrong crew you right, need right, right. a 10 inch cock uh, yeah, <laughs> if we learn anything from Mia that you need a 10 inch cock I guess that's the only Mia thing Mia has a 10 inch penis uh, yeah. I don't know if oh, yeah. it's it it's it's supposed to be a 10 I, I think that's what she said it, it ain't tiny talk about big dick energy wow so she's got hot chick she got hot chick and big dick energy that is yeah that is a two for one right there I'm so Yes, and she was so she was sweet girl, but kind of annoying because she was so oblivious to this kind of helicopter thing, and so I was kind of giving her the business, like, what? What are you talking? Like, nobody lives like that, and and because I was not like smitten, you could see the moment when the attraction started happening, like there was a thing going on because she knew that she'd because I was like, nah, I'm not. Yeah. this is ridiculous and she was just but just me having the confidence to go there that's nah. ridiculous and she was just like uh-uh and then it was kind of became this kind of flirty thing she was calling me big daddy and it just got, a little, <laughs> got a little crazy and but the point is even with with a penis still lady energy so to speak yeah trans. yeah so on that note, if yeah. you'd like to uh, help our, us with our helicopter fund, yeah. uh, you guys can head <laughs> on over it. to uh, patreon.com slash two girls on mic. And we do have some patrons to thank today. Logan Waterman, Robert Hetherington, Holish Ike, Rich, Richard Horrell, Raphael Castillo, Rowdy, Sam Montuf, Sonia O'Claire, Sam Jennings, Ryan Shambly, Stephen Jones, Stranger in a Strange Land, Teresa Sell, and many, many others. Uh, so again, if you want to become a patron, just head over to patreon.com slash two girls on mic or two girls on mic Dot com. Guys, thank you so much thank for, you for having us. Appreciate uh, yeah. you. This was yeah, you guys this are fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Man School 202. If you want a uh, sex and relationship advice for men and women, please come and check it out. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun, too. And if you could follow me on the Dante Nero uh, on Instagram and uh, DanteNero.com if you don't want a one on one consultation, that'd be cool. And Natalia, where can our listeners Oh, find you can you? find me on Twitter at Natalia13Reagan. And uh, yeah, my website, NataliaReagan.com. I will have shows up there shortly. Wonderful. And you guys can find me at Rational Blonde. And if you want to help Yvette out, just head on over to Cybabe.com, donate to her fund. And uh, other than that, we will see you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye.